I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 11, we'll begin at verse 1. Luke 11, beginning at verse 1, we're in our summer series on the parables of Jesus. So I invite you again, join me, Luke chapter 11, beginning at verse 1, where Luke writes, He, meaning Jesus, was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend. You go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your Holy Word and for the privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. So I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Jesus often spoke in parables. He would tell a story to try to make a point, a simple, basic kind of story, a story that people could relate to, a story that people could understand, and then there would be a deeper meaning under it. That's a parable. Now here in this situation, in this scripture, Jesus has actually been praying. It's something when we read the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus doing on a regular basis. Prayer, time on his knees, time in conversation with God was so vital. And so Jesus is praying. The disciples have noticed over time how significant this is for Jesus. And we're told that after he finished, one of the disciples asked him a question. Now, it's important that Luke added after he finished because it was the custom, it was one of the, the values of the faith that if someone was praying, you do not interrupt them. 
If you interrupt somebody in the middle of their praying, their conversation with God, it, it better be important. It better be significant. It's not one of those where you go, excuse me, God, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but Jesus, real quick, I need to ask you, did, did, did you want fish at six tonight or, or what did you want? Sorry, now you guys go ahead and go back to it. Now that was considered to be heinous. You, you did not interrupt somebody in the midst of their praying. So when Jesus finishes, one of the disciples asked him, can you teach us to pray? Can you teach us how to do that? And so then Jesus teaches the beautiful Lord's Prayer that Pastor Ocio led us in just a few moments ago as we were worshiping together and led us to that throne of grace. Here's the prayer. John Wesley, as you know, the founder of Methodism, says that this prayer uttered from the heart and in its true and full meaning is indeed the badge of a real Christian. It's a vital prayer. Will you teach us to pray? Absolutely. Pray like this. He teaches the Lord's Prayer, but then it's more than simply memorizing a prayer. I want you to notice that Jesus then keeps teaching. He goes on to share there's more to it than this. And, and then he shares this parable. Now, just suppose it's, it's midnight. A friend has arrived at your place. You have nothing to be able to provide for them. You go to your friend's place. You knock on the door. You, you ask, you seek, you knock, and, and, and you're trying your best to get their attention. You hear from within, go away. It's, it's late at night. I, I'm asleep. My kids are asleep. I need some bread. A friend of mine has come, and I have nothing to give to them. And, and the guy goes, I can't get up. There's no way I can do that. It's late. I'm in bed. The door is latched. The children are asleep. Go away. But he keeps persisting. And Jesus says to the, to the disciples, he said, Now, he may not have gotten up because they were friends, but because of persistence. Well, Jesus was obviously teaching something with this story. So what was it that Jesus wanted us to hear? Well, to understand this very short parable and story that Jesus is telling, you kind of have to know the culture. And in the culture of the Hebrew people, in the culture of Palestine, it was so important that you had hospitality. As a matter of fact, hospitality was one of the signs of being a Hebrew person, of being a person of, of Palestine. And, and we used to talk about it here where we live in the South. We called it Southern hospitality. It was just one of those things. If somebody needed something, if there was some way you could help someone else, you did it. And hospitality was so expected. This situation, though, seems to be a little different than, hey, I had some friends come over, and uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to, a little extra bread. Jesus tells us that this friend arrived at midnight. Now, midnight was a symbolic way of saying at one of the most unexpected times, midnight. If you go over and look in Matthew chapter 25, you'll see the parable of the ten bridesmaids and they're waiting on the wedding to start and the groom to come. We're told the groom arrives at midnight. It's the time you would least expect it. It's a very inconvenient time. A friend had arrived at midnight? That must mean a crisis. 
You, you didn't just go visit someone at midnight. Was something going on? Had, had there been a problem? H had there been an issue with the travel? I mean, to travel at night was so risky. To travel at night would be taking your life in your own hands. And if someone traveled at night, they typically tried to travel in a group. To travel by yourself at night, absolutely unheard of unless there's a problem. We don't know exactly what it is, but when they hear the friend arrives at midnight, the people around you, ooh, wonder what was going on. Why is someone traveling at midnight? This was not a, hi, we were in the neighborhood, thought we would drop by and visit for a little while. There must be a crisis going on. And the other thing that we know as well is that the host was not prepared. The host was not prepared to have guests. What do we do? Now, in biblical times, again, with hospitality, a host, if they knew they had company coming, the house would have been ready. There would have been extra food. My wife, Nancy, if we have guests coming, she spends an incredible amount of time trying to be that great host to be able to have everything ready for them. She works so hard to make sure that the house is spotless. If they are going to be staying the night or staying for a few days, like when we had a friend of ours recovering from some major surgery, they stayed in our home for a few weeks. My wife made sure the guest bedroom was perfectly set up. The sheets were fresh and clean the day that they arrived. She wanted to make sure that when they would lay down at night, they would go, Oh, it feels so good to be here. And not, wow, whoever was here last must have come straight from the gym. Now, she worked hard to make sure everything was ready. She asked the family, what are some of the foods that you guys like? What kind of beverages? Are there soft drinks or waters? Or is there something special that you would like to have? She wanted to make sure it was all ready. Even if our children come to our house, she makes sure that we have the right soft drinks. This one likes this kind. That one likes that kind. Both are in the refrigerator. Both are cold. Welcome home. That's hospitality. And in biblical times, that would have been very much expected. So for this friend to have someone else, another friend, come to their home at midnight and not to be prepared for them meant something was wrong. This was a crisis situation. If you look in the Cultural Backgrounds Bible, the study guide will tell you that hospitality obligations demanded that one feed a visitor. Indeed, it goes on to share that the honor of the village, not just the individual, but the honor of the village would be at stake should hospitality fail to be extended. I mean, it, it said something about the whole community. And so thus, when the friend is, has these guests come in unexpected and they're not prepared and they don't have the food, they go to another friend going, can you help us out? Well, it was inconvenient. This wasn't a day when you had 24-hour grocery stores, and most people made their bread in their own homes. They didn't have the bakeries necessarily around that they could go to. We're out of bread. Do you have any extra bread? So it goes over to the neighbor, goes over to the friend, and, and knocks on the door, and knocks on the door, and we hear that the friend answers from inside. 
doesn't open the door, but from inside goes, go away. You need to stop. It's late. The kids are in the bed. I can't open the door and, and go searching for food right now. Go home. But again, it was so vital that we take care of one another that, again, the knocks occurred. Please, I just need some help. The persistence is there. Kept asking, kept seeking, kept knocking. I can't let you in. I mean, after all, most of the time the families lived in, in like a one-room kind of home. And, and, and so to, to open the doors, the doors would have been locked with, with a beam on the inside of the door. To take that down, it wasn't just simply unlocking the door. Kids are up in their bedroom. Kids are all around. And, and to be able then to light a lamp, to be able to find the bread, that would wake everybody up to be moving around and going over to where the food is in an open room, that would just wake up everyone. I can't. But with so much persistence, finally, he receives the bread that he needs. I need three loaves of bread. That's the portion for one adult. So we assume it wasn't a family. It was, it was just one friend needing help. Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, at least because of his persistence, he'll get up and give him whatever he needs. But then Jesus keeps going. Will you teach us to pray? Sure, here's the prayer. Now, if this were to happen, imagine this. And then Jesus adds another part in verse 9, and he goes, so... Here's the point. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. I mean, be persistent. Ask those questions. Turn to your God and, and ask, seek, and knock, and watch what God will be able to do for you. And then Jesus said, now, is there any one of you here? So it's a question for all of you. Is there any one of you? If, if your child asked for a fish, would give them a snake? Well, obviously the answer is, are you kidding me? There's not one of us here that would ever do anything like that. Now, it seemed kind of odd sometimes for us to go that a child would ask for a fish. But remember, you're dealing with Palestine. The disciples were fishermen. Fish was a very staple part of the diet. It's what you know, the people there would eat on a regular basis. So in other words, I'm hungry. And Jesus said, if they ask for food, if they ask for fish, would you really give them a snake? Of course not. You never do anything like that. Or... If a child would ask for an egg, is there any one of you here instead that would give a child a scorpion? That's just absurd. Of course we would never do anything like that. And Jesus then says in verse 13, Well then, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will the Heavenly Father... Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him. See, Jesus wants us to know 
when you pray, you're praying to a God who desires to help. Jesus prayed regularly. Will you teach us to pray? Absolutely. I'll teach you to pray. I want you to have this. And he prays that beautiful Lord's Prayer. But then he goes on to go, well, imagine this, and shares the parable of the friend at midnight. And then we hear, now, he didn't get up and help because he cared and he was a friend. He got up because of persistence. But just imagine then, if he's willing to do that, what God who desires to help you, would do for you. You have a God who absolutely desires to be there for you. And by telling this story about midnight, here's the other good news that Jesus tells us in the parable, is your God is always available for you. Your God is always there. It's not one of those where you Google and go, well, mm -hmm. They closed five minutes ago. I can't really speak to God until 7 a.m. in the morning. No, God is always available to you and to me. And God desires. He'll be a friend for you at midnight because that was crisis time, difficult time. Something clearly has gone wrong. And He's also the God who's available to you at noon, or whatever time of day, whatever's going on in your life, you have a God who's there for you. Jesus says, would you ever consider a fish and instead give a snake or instead of an egg, give a scorpion? Well, of course not. We would we'd never even dream of something like that. Well, then, if, if you would never have dreamed anything like that, of course you would never do anything like that. You would want to provide for your children. If you who are evil, if we who are not God, know enough that we would love and want to provide, imagine the immensity of what God wants to do for you and your God is available for you 24-7. Always ready to respond because he loves you. Then Jesus said, So, ask, seek, knock. And he tells them to be persistent. Just like the friend at midnight was persistent. When you pray, be persistent. I've often shared with you about Emerson Cathy, who was a member of my church when I was in seminary and for a year after seminary at Emory. And we lived up in Cher outside of Cherokee, North Carolina, in a small community called Whittier. And there at that church, there was a wonderful man. As, as I mentioned, his name was Emerson. And Emerson had the gift of prayer, which I've described before. But one of the other lessons that Emerson taught me about prayer was he said, and be persistent in prayer. He goes, I pray for whatever it is that somebody's asked me to pray for, whatever's going on, I pray for that every day, over and over and over again until I feel the Holy Spirit reveal, I've answered your prayers. I've heard, I've answered your prayer. Whichever way the answer is, God going, I've got it, and receiving that sense of revelation. He said, you know, so many people... They think that they want to pray. They, they say that they want to pray. They believe in prayer. But they just kind of toss something out. Hey, God, this is going on. I really need. And they toss it one time and that's it. And he goes, 
wonder how passionate they really are, or we really are, when we, when we cry out to God just once and expect God to do it, instead of spending considerable time wrestling with God, praying to God, talking to God, sharing how passionately something is in our heart. Persistence. I mean, Jesus prayed regularly and would spend a night in prayer regularly. Remember Jacob, Jacob who wrestled all night with God. Or remember David, we're told that David then repented, he fasted, and he prayed all night long. The way we pray says something about how passionate we are. It's a beautiful parable, the friend at midnight, because Jesus is letting us know when you have a friend, a friend may find you inconvenient at times. It's midnight, dude. What's wrong with you? Go away. I'm in bed. The kids are in bed. I don't want to open the door. I don't want to light a lamp. I don't want to go scrounging through the kitchen. Go away. You have a God who says, come unto me. Come, I will be there for you. Ask, seek, knock. I'm here for you because if you know how to love and care for your children, just imagine how much more God loves and cares for you. So for some of you right now, it may be midnight. It may feel like midnight. It's that inconvenient time when something is going on in your life that is a crisis. It's a challenging time where you really need God because something is happening in your life that you just were not prepared for. Good news? You are invited to ask, seek, knock. It's going to be open. We're here for you, God said. What can I do to help? And it's a God not out of obligation, but a God who so loves you that He said, if you know how to do this and you're evil, just imagine what I can do. How much I want to give to you what you need and to share the gift of the Holy Spirit with you. For others of us, it may be noon, middle of the morning, middle of the afternoon, whatever time, all is well. But either way, we have a God who says, teach us to pray? Absolutely. Here's how you pray, but here's a little bit more about the God you'll be talking to. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful that we have the gift of prayer, that we can talk to you. It's amazing to us that you're the God who creates the whole world, and yet you actually want a relationship with us, and we are invited to pray to you, to call you Abba Father, to share our needs and our desires, to ask you to forgive us, to give us our daily bread. But then when a crisis occurs, 
we also are so grateful that it is never an inconvenient time for you, but you always invite us to ask, to seek, to knock, to share our passion with you, to be persistent in our crying out to you so that you can hear our prayers and be there for us as our God. And you share, there's not one of us that would ever want to harm our children. And God, we know that you only want the greatest blessings for us. So God, pour out your Holy Spirit, we pray. And help us to pray. And thank you for being a God who says, I am always here for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.